0: tonight is study number 11 of Revelation chapter 15. I'm going to read from verse 5 through verse 8. And after that I looked and behold the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was open and the seven angels came out of the temple having the seven plagues clothed in pure and white linen and having their breasts girded with golden girdles. And one of the four peace gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials full of the wrath of God who liveth forever and ever and the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power and no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled and i'll stop reading there now before we continue discussing these verses in revelation 15 i would like to mention uh In our last study, I went to some verses later in the book of Revelation uh, where references to one of the seven angels were in view. And in two places, the Apostle John fell down and worshipped this one who was said to be one of the seven angels. And and then uh it was said to him, Do it not, for I am thy fellow servant and, and one of the prophets, Worship God. And I, I just want to say that, uh, I went there for additional evidence to show that the seven angels were the true believers. But there are some things that are still need to be worked out concerning exactly who that is, who's showing John these things, uh, later on in the book of Revelation. And so I'd like to just hold back on getting into that discussion until we reach those points in our study of of this book. And Lord willing, that will come eventually and it will give some more time to um, spend looking at it. Uh, But in saying that, it actually changes nothing. It changes nothing concerning the uh, teaching of Revelation 15 and the seven angels um, they represent the body of believers and they represent God's elect Uh, this is why it is uh, they were brought up in verse 1 and quickly in verse 2 they were standing upon a sea of glass and it was said they had gotten the victory over the beast over his image over his mark and over the Number of his name. And that's because they came out of great tribulation. They, uh, were that great multitude that God saved. And, and now we're finding in verse five and after the verses, um, that follow in this chapter that the temple is in view and the seven messengers come out of the temple. Now who normally is it that goes in and out of temples? Priests. Priests go in and out of temples. And we saw previously that the sea of glass related to the molten sea that was placed in the temple where the priests were to wash before going about their priestly duties, which pointed to a ceremonial cleansing. In other words, God was teaching that in order to be um, a spiritual priest, one of his elect, you must first be washed of your sins. And, and so we we have all these elements coming together. There is the sea of glass that ties in to the molten sea for the priest to wash in. There is the temple itself that relates to um, the priesthood as the priest did service in, in the temple. And then in verse 6, the seven messengers are coming out of the temple, having these seven, the seven last plagues clothed in pure and white linen. And we saw that priests were clothed in linen, and uh, it also relates to all those that God has saved, because Revelation 19.8 says that the, the fine white linen is the righteousness of the saints. And then it goes on to say at the end of verse 6, And having their breasts girded with golden girdles. And here with the word girdle, when we look that up, we're going to find that it relates to the priesthood. In Exodus chapter 28. Let's go back to Exodus 28. And we'll read a few verses here. It says in Verse two, and thou shalt make holy garments, for Aaron thy brother, for glory and for beauty. And thou shalt speak unto all that that are wise-hearted, whom I have filled, with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And these are the garments which they shall make: a breastplate and an ephah and a robe and a broidered coat, a mitre. And a girdle, and they shall make holy garments for Aaron thy brother and his sons that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. So Aaron is the high priest of Israel, and these garments are made for him. And Aaron had sons that also did ministry in the priesthood, and they likewise are, are going to have these type of garments. And we can see that Aaron here pictures Christ and his sons, the body of believers. And it goes on to say in verse 6, And they shall make the ephod of gold, of blue, and of purple, of scarlet, and fine twine linen with cunning work. shall have the two shoulder pieces thereof joined at the two edges thereof, and so it shall be joined together. And the curious girdle of the ephod which is upon it shall be of the same, according to the work thereof, even of gold, and of blue, and purple, and scarlet, and fine twine linen. And we have the ingredients that um, are mentioned in Revelation 15, in our verse, in verse 6. And I'll read it again. The, these seven angels are clothed in pure and white linen. Notice that linen was mentioned a few times with the priestly garments. Um, and having their breasts girded with golden girdles, and and that was the case for Aaron, and it pictures also his sons, the the elect of God, those that God saves, um, are in view when we're looking at these garments. Now in Exodus 39, just want to read um, a few verses dealing with priests and priesthood. Exodus 39 verse 27 says, And they made coats of fine linen of woven work for Aaron and for his sons and a miter of fine linen and goodly bonnets of fine linen and linen breeches of fine twine linen and a girdle of fine twine linen and blue and purple and scarlet of needlework as Jehovah commanded Moses. Fine twine linen and why? Well, we're told in Ezekiel 44 that the priests were to wear fine linen so they would not sweat. And that's because uh, there was not to be the slightest hint of work being done by the priest. The work it was finished by the Lord Jesus Christ, and God is very jealous of that. and And so he... Did not want to give any bit, not the slightest indicator of man doing any work. So even their garments were um, selected by God for a specific purpose. In Leviticus chapter 8, it says in verse 13, And Moses brought Aaron's sons and put coats upon them, and girded them with girdles, and put bonnets upon them as Jehovah commanded Moses. Moses put coats on them, and girded them with girdles. In Leviticus 16, in verse 4, it says, He shall put on the holy linen coat, and he shall have the linen breeches upon his flesh, and shall be girded with a linen girdle, and with a linen miter, Shall he be attired? These are holy garments. Therefore shall he wash his flesh and water and so put them on. And this is referring to the high priest, um, especially on the Day of Atonement, that he would put on these holy garments when he went about to offer up the sacrifice. And and by the way, uh, I was reviewing a study that Mr. Camping did in the book of Revelation he did a study i think back in the 80s or or somewhere around there it's a earlier bible study that he did and went through the book of revelation and someone sent me um a uh, a summary of the chapters it it's all the the chapters of the book of revelation and each of the verses and and short quick summary statements concerning each verse by mr camping i'd like to read um some of what Mr. Camping said regarding Revelation 15 and verse 6. Uh, He says the seven believers, or the seven angels, he calls them, the seven believers represent all believers. They're now coming out of the temple in heaven to bring judgment to the unsaved. They have the seven plagues with them. The number 7 in both cases underscores the perfection of every aspect of God's salvation plan. That these believers are clothed in pure and white linen signifies that they are righteous before God. This is more clearly evident in Revelation 19.8. Describing the bride of Christ, that verse says, "...and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints." Believers stand perfectly righteous before God, of course, only because they have been thoroughly washed by the blood of Christ. Why are they girded with golden girdles? Remember, when we studied Revelation 1.13, we say that Christ was also girded with a golden girdle. We learn from Isaiah 11.5 and Exodus 28.8, there was a picture of Christ being our eternal high priest. And and then under the heading of Priestly Duties, Mr. Camping goes on to say, By the same token, this verse is saying that these believers are coming to carry out a priestly office as a royal priesthood. We know that our duty on this earth is to intercede on behalf of the unsaved. But what is the priestly office that we will carry out in heaven on Judgment Day? Well, let's consider what the priest in the Old Testament did. He indeed made intercession for the Israelites But what did he do? He offered sacrifice. He killed the lamb. He killed the oxen. He burnt the burnt offerings. Symbolically, the animals killed and burned pointed to Christ, who in turn represented the sinners for whom the priest interceded. When the Lord Jesus Christ came as the high priest, he came to make intercession for us. Did he not? But he also came to offer himself as the sacrifice. He sacrificed himself for our sins. He went through hellfire on our behalf. We can see, therefore, that the office of the priest is to execute judgment on sinners to satisfy God's demands that the wages of sin is death. Only priests that are appointed by God have the authority to do that. This is the reason why, after Saul had offered sacrifices without authorization in 1 Samuel 13, he was severely punished. Here, the believers who have the seven last plagues are coming as priests to bring judgment on the unsaved. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, they will be active in the judging process. And, of course, this is written uh, before the end of the church age, as far as I know. And there are a couple of things in here concerning hellfire and so forth that Mr. Camping later was corrected on. But it's amazing how uh, accurate that um, quotation is from him regarding what God with his people in the day of judgment as he is uh, using the people of God. Uh, who are judging the world with him. And in so doing, we are carrying out a priestly function. As Mr. Camping noted, the priest was instrumental in the slaying of the sacrifice, and that pointed to the wrath of God, to the judgment of God. Every time the animal sacrifice was killed or, or burnt, or however it was to be done according to the precepts of God. It was an illustration of God's wrath. And yet these earthly priests were the ones performing the task. And they point to the spiritual priests. Remember what uh, we read in Revelation chapter 1. Let me start there. In Revelation 1... In verse 6, it says, And has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Also in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 6, it says, Blessed and holy is he that is part in the first resurrection, on such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. That is all those that God has saved that have experienced the first resurrection, the resurrection of the soul. And they shall be priests of God and of Christ. Now in, in first Peter, we read this I think before, but we'll read it again. First Peter two, it says in verse five, Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Now, of course, uh, during the normal course of things, that is, say, during the church age, the spiritual uh, holy priesthood of believers would offer up. Themselves first of all, and we're still required to do that, take up your cross and follow me. Just as the Lord Jesus sacrificed himself, we are to sacrifice our lives uh, on the altar of service to God. But in addition, during the day of judgment, we also have the priestly task of sharing the word of God of sharing information with anyone that will listen, sharing the truth of the Bible, that the world is under the judgment of God. And in so doing, we are acting out the role of a royal priesthood. Also, in 1 Peter 2, it says in verse 9, but you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Notice how God associates the priesthood with holiness. We saw that also in the scripture we looked at in the book of Exodus. The holy priestly garments. Everything revolving or involving the priests, God identified as being holy when they went about their priestly tasks. they had to wash themselves. They—they they needed to be clean and pure, and that's the same language we find in our verse. They're clothed in pure white linen. They have golden girdles, and and gold represents purity and holiness, that which has been purified, and and uh, so we can see that God is relating His people and the holiness that accompanies them as a result of their salvation to the priestly task that they will be assigned in the day of judgment. Now, just one more verse regarding this. In Psalm 132, it says in verse 16, I will also clothe her priests with salvation, and her saints shall shout aloud for joy. And, and again, this goes back to the holy garments, that that really is the essence of what is being declared or what is in view with the seven messengers having these holy garments. Thanks for joining us for E-Bible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies.